Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These stories contain distressing themes and brief descriptions of violence. This content is not suitable for children, and listener discretion is advised. To many people, the only signs that Little Heath Wood in Selsden exists are the trees beyond the back gardens that form a near-perfect square around it. However, those that live in the surrounding pocket call it the Secret Wood, 61 acres of parkland a mix of dense trees, meadows and pathways, all a refuge from the busy streets of the South Croydon area. David and Heather Howden still live in the double-storey terrace they lived in 36 years ago when their lives changed forever. Their oldest daughter had recently got married and moved out. They knew their youngest, 19-year-old Tessa, would eventually move out too. She and her childhood sweetheart had been talking about marriage and buying their first place together. One room in the couple's home has not changed in all these years, kept just as it was in January 1986, when caring neighbours came to help deal with the aftermath. Then they pulled the carpet up and burned it, the bedclothes too, saving the Howdens from any more distress. Back then, there weren't any victim services for the loved ones of the murdered. No counselling. No crime scene cleanup past the required police procedures. They say they'll never sell the house on the quiet cul-de-sac that backs onto Little Heath Wood. Too many memories of their happy family to walk away from. I'm Benjamin Fitton. And this is Murder Town. On January 10th, 1986, David howled and woke around 8am and went downstairs to make some tea. Tessa was usually the first out of bed. She had started a job at the local Croydon Advertiser in Promotions, so when David noticed she wasn't up, he went upstairs to check on her. He saw she wasn't in bed, but it was dark, so he made his way downstairs. But at the bottom, 
David realized something wasn't right before going back up again. Just inside the room, he saw her covers piled on the floor, and as he pulled them back, he found Tessa's body on the floor with something wrapped around her neck, covered in blood. Instinctively, David pulled her up and hugged her, but he knew she was gone. Putting the covers back over her, he went to the window, his screams waking his wife Heather who shot across the landing. Heather says she wasn't even sure if it was David making the noise, and only when she got to Tessa's door did she realise. He came towards her, crying for her not to go into the bedroom, saying somebody's killed Tessa. Police arrived to find David in the street in his pyjamas, waving them to the front of the house. The couple, still in shock, went through the motions of police filling their house, trying to establish what had happened. Heather says she stood downstairs, unable to move, and as she did, she remembers feeling the icy chill of an open kitchen window. After assessing the scene, one of the officers told David he could get dressed. When David entered his bedroom, the officer followed him, shutting the door behind them. It would take nearly ten years to speak of the unfolding events of the early investigation, and they would watch David closely in those early hours. As he dressed, it dawned on him what was happening. He said of this time, The police know, though I didn't, that 80% of murders are committed by someone close. If they had not looked at me first, they would have been failing in their job. In the circumstances, I was treated well. At the scene, police found that Tessa had been raped and strangled, her own tights still around her neck. Her throat had been slashed, something they would discover was superficial, with strangling being her cause of death. She had cuts on her hands which showed she had fought hard to stop her attacker. Heather told police that the narrow horizontal window above the cooker she had found open that morning was not open when she went to bed. It was the middle of winter and they never left the windows open. The night before, they had waited for Tessa to come home from her boyfriend's around 10.30pm. The young couple had been together for five years by then, both living with their parents, but had started saving for a house. David had spent the day working at the nearby garage he owned, and Heather had been home. David had a bad cold, but he waited up with Heather anyway and after Tessa came in, she told them how her work had given her tickets to see Barry Manilow, and they talked a little about her upcoming work trip to Belgium. After that, Tessa and David went to bed, and Heather spent some time downstairs before Tessa returned for a glass of water. Outside, there was a storm, and the wind and rain beat down as Heather checked the front and back doors were locked and went upstairs herself. 
At around 4am, David came down to a completely dark and silent house and ate some yogurt before returning to bed until 8am. He had no idea that his daughter had been murdered in her room by that time. As the police dusted the house for fingerprints, David and Heather were asked to go to the police station to answer more questions, and Tessa's boyfriend was picked up by the police nearby in Croydon and taken in. Tessa's mum and her boyfriend were soon cleared, but David would undergo 11 hours of questioning in the station that day. They asked what relationship he had with his daughter, and at one point an officer returned to the house and collected his pyjamas for testing. It wasn't until one of the officers said they believed David's story because there was no way he would have been able to fit through the narrow window that David felt relief that maybe he wasn't a suspect after all. But even though they told him he was cleared, he was still asked to go downstairs to see a doctor, remove his clothes and have hairs clipped from his body for testing. He was in so much shock that he says, quote, You do begin to wonder if you've gone mad and done something in the night. I began to understand how suspects say yes to something they haven't done. That's the kind of state I was in. It was only that evening that he was reunited with Heather to grieve. Evidence had clearly shown a break-in. Fingerprints that didn't match anyone in the family were found on the kitchen fanlight, and the 12 by 18 inch window used for the cooker ventilation hood, the one that Heather had seen open. Upstairs, bloodied fingerprints were on Tessa's electric alarm clock, an overturned table, a chest of drawers, her headboard and her bedroom door. Prints on the bedroom window frame were consistent with someone hanging from the frame before letting go to drop to the ground. Pathologists found that Tessa had been strangled with a one-handed choking grip on her throat and pressure over her mouth, sometime between 12.30 and 8am. In Tessa's bedroom, a pair of red-rimmed aviator glasses had been found that didn't belong to her or anyone else at the home. The only thing taken from the house was a bottle of Malibu, which police would find empty in the woods right behind the property. With the family and Tessa's boyfriend ruled out, the police interviewed everyone in the neighbourhood and all those close to Tessa. They spoke with everyone at a nearby mental health facility, but came up with nothing. The press launched front-page coverage of the murder, and the Daily Mirror announced that the police were possibly looking at a prowler who had been seen in Little Heathwood recently by neighbours. They believed he may have been lurking outside the home and waited for the right time to break in. Heather recalled some strange things that had happened in the past. Tessa had seen an arm at her window a couple of years before. Her parents reported it to the police, but nothing ever came of it, and she never saw it again. A couple of months before the murder, 
Tessa had felt that someone was watching her from the woods. Then her underwear was stolen from the clothesline, and in the weeks before her murder, the Howden's door key disappeared. Unsure what had happened, they changed the locks. Other neighbours had experienced similar things, and they all put it down to childish pranks by the local kids who were often heard playing in the woods. As more newspapers reported on the possible prowler, other young women came forward saying that they too had seen someone lurking in the shadows near their homes. A group of models had recently been featured in the newspaper that Tessa worked at. They were part of the Miss Croydon Advertiser contest. Nearly all of them told police that they had received obscene prank calls since their photos had been published. One who had been named Miss Croydon Advertiser the previous year gave up her title to escape the harassment. Police announced that the murderer might strike again, forcing young women and mothers of young daughters to panic that they might be next. Then it was revealed that the killer had entered the Howden's home twice. They believed he had first broken in and stole the bottle of Malibu before letting himself out the back door to sit in the wood drinking. From there he watched the house, returning through the door and going upstairs to Tessa's room. By Monday, when Tessa's parents spoke at a press conference, the media was calling her Sleeping Beauty, and her murderer dubbed The Silent Killer. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tessa's father pleaded with the public, saying, quote, Find the killer. Find this creature masquerading as a human being. Somebody somewhere does know this man. There's a mom or a girlfriend or somebody who knows this creature. You can help me catch him. Four days after the murder, police received an anonymous phone call with the name of a man they should look into. Checking the name in the system, they found he had been convicted of damaging a car the year before. His fingerprints were on file. A comparison was made to those from the crime scene, and they were a complete match. Police stalked out the house, just half a mile from the Howdens. When the man came home, they knocked on the door and went in. Gary Taken, also 19, lived with his parents just near the east side of Little Heath Wood. While searching through Taken's bedroom, Officers found a lady's swimsuit which they soon confirmed was Tessa's. Under Taken's bed was a suitcase containing 90 pieces of women's underwear. Gary Taken denied to the officers that he had killed Tessa, saying he hardly knew her and had just seen her walking around. Quote, You know how it is. You see a bird walking about and notice... Before being taken to the station, Taken began sobbing, his head in his hands crying, What shall I do? It wasn't just garments found in Taken's room that day. He'd photographed girls who had their bedrooms facing the wood. It was a place he could hide and do whatever he liked unseen. Police discovered photographs of women and girls as they stood in their bedrooms or undressed. They also found files on people, including Tessa. Hers had her phone number and notes of when and where he had seen her. He had her underwear and a door key which would later be identified as the one stolen from the Howdens' home months before. At 11 years of age... Taken had been referred to a psychologist and schooled at home. He then went to a boarding school before leaving there and being homeschooled again. He'd done manual jobs and been a scaffolder, although at the time of his arrest he wasn't working. A year after Tessa's death, Gary Taken stood trial claiming he was innocent. His team argued that fingerprints were found on the property because he had been invited in by Tessa. But then the prosecution presented the jury with two girls who knew him. The two teenagers took the stand and testified that the previous summer, Taken had let them try on his sunglasses. Both girls identified them as exactly the same style and colour as those found in Tessa's room. One of the girls recognised them specifically because she collected sunglasses and those ones had interested her. 
taken was known to wear sunglasses all year, day or night. She also said that Taken had been with her to Little Heath Woods and he knew it very well. The trial was adjourned when a friend of Taken's in Brixton Prison, another accused murderer, died by suicide in his cell. The judge allowed Taken to be excused temporarily and instead accepted his mother's testimony. On the witness stand, she claimed that while on remand at Brixton, a son had told her he was in a secret sexual relationship with Tessa. She said he had told her he had met Tessa in a pub the previous week or so, and the night of the murder he had gone out drinking with friends and arranged to throw stones at her window on his way home as a way for her to let him in. This was his way of explaining how his fingerprints were on her window. He said that they had consensual sex, and when he left again out of her window, she was perfectly fine. Taken's mother did admit, however, that she had never heard her son mention Tessa. She didn't know that Taken had persuaded another man on remand, facing two murder charges to take the rap for Tessa's murder. He'd offered him £4,000. She had her son's diary, which included dates taken was supposed to have had with Tessa, but it's believed these were dates that he had stalked her. Mr. Alan Green prosecuting told the court it was ludicrous to believe that Taken had been having a secret relationship with Tessa. If Taken hadn't murdered her, then, as Green bluntly put it, quote, Is it the action of a friendly visitor to a girl's bedroom in the early hours of the morning to ransack her drawers before leaving? For Taken's fingerprints to be found in blood all over her room, she had to have been bleeding in his presence. When asked to confirm where her son was the night of the murder, she confirmed she had loaned him £20 for a night out, and that when she went to bed between 12 and 12.30, he wasn't home yet. A barman from the pub where Taken claimed to have met Tessa testified that he had seen Taken with a woman he believed was Tessa. They were holding hands and laughing, but it all came undone when Taken's girlfriend, who looked similar to Tessa, confirmed to the court that she believed it was her in the pub with him and not Tessa. An ex-girlfriend, whose home also backed onto the woods, took the stand and explained that she had recently broken up with Taken, and he had not been happy about it. She described him initially treating her very well, always walking her home at night, but she felt that slowly, he seemed to change. Her family had recently found a ladder hidden under bushes behind their fence in the woods. When they climbed the ladder at that spot, they realised it was perfectly in line to see their daughter's bedroom. In the early hours of the same morning Tessa was murdered, the same ex-girlfriend's dog barked furiously. Someone got up and let the dog out, and it ran directly into the woods only to return calm and happy. 
The family believed the dog had recognised the person in the woods, and it was Gary Taken, possibly even scoping their house out the same night. Another former girlfriend said when they broke up, Taken threatened to kill her. She also said that when he wasn't drinking lager, Taken liked to drink Malibu. Gary Taken had gone out with his best friend that night. They went to a disco in Streatham, where Taken drank around eight pints, apparently a couple more pints than they usually would. They got a minicab back to Selsden and separated near Taken's home around 2am. It's believed from there he went into the woods, possibly scoping out back gardens, but eventually arriving at the back fence of the Howdens. He then entered their garden and forced his way through the narrow window above the cooker. Finally, he found the bottle of Malibu and returned to the woods to drink it while he watched the house. He then re-entered the house and went up the stairs to Tessa's room, possibly knowing which one it was. Taken's best friend saw him the next day and described him as friendly and relaxed. Taken had complained, however, that he wasn't feeling well and joked that the beer must have been off. As the prosecution made their final remarks, one thing stood out to the six women and six men on the jury. Quote, the one conclusion you can derive is that the young man left her room after he shed her blood, making him the killer. The jury agreed with a unanimous guilty verdict after four and a half hours of deliberation. Gary Taken was sentenced to 15 months for stealing underwear and life in prison for Tessa's murder. He would remain in youth custody until he was 21. Tessa's dad, David, said after sentencing was passed down, quote, I don't know who decides when he is to be let out of prison, but it has got to be a very brave person who lets him loose on society again. As for Tessa's boyfriend, he was just relieved it was over, saying he had no special plans but just wanted to go home and carry on with his life. The Howdens had services in their house that Heather described as a way of cleansing, one just for them and one which all the neighbours came to. Starting in the kitchen where Taken had entered the house, they made their way up the stairs and into Tessa's room. These neighbours came to their aid in the weeks and months that followed. With no victim support services available to help clean up Tessa's room or even trauma counselling, their family and friends helped them through it. It was the neighbours who fixed locks and nailed all the windows shut. As David said, they had to do awful things such as take up the bloodstained carpet, burn it, and burn some of the bedding. No one else came forward. No social worker. No one from the council. We had no money. No clothes. Just what we stood up in on the morning of the murder. 
the Howdens asked for help, but the Criminal Injuries Compensation Board ruled they were not victims. After fighting back, they were awarded an interim payment that meant they could build a high fence and replace the carpet in Tessa's room. At the time Tessa was murdered, David had just announced his plans to retire and sell his garage. However, for at least six months he wasn't able to work, and so soon the business was barely worth enough to sell. The Howdens didn't think they would be able to live in the house, but in the end they couldn't afford to move, and after staying away for a month, they moved back home. For months David couldn't walk down the stairs at night, and Heather says it took her three years to be able to sit in the garden again, saying, You do not pick up the threads of your life. Most of the threads have been cut away. You start a different sort of life. Heather described the trial as a black hole, saying, You get through it, come out the other side, and it's a void, and you realise it will never be the same again. As the years went on, the Howdens did find a way to cope. David joined a victim support group called Compassionate Friends, an international organisation for bereaved parents, which contained a small group of people whose children had been murdered. David's biggest fear at the time was that Gary Taken would be released early. He was candid with the press, and believed that keeping Tessa's murder in the public eye would be difficult for authorities to release him. His passion for supporting the families of murdered children grew, and in 1990, Compassionate Friends was renamed Parents of Murdered Children. David became heavily involved in the running of the organisation, and in 1994, it became the national organisation SAM, support after murder and manslaughter. He took on the role of overseeing the Southeast Division, raising awareness and supporting other families. David and Heather were comforted as prison psychiatrists routinely assessed Tessa's killer to determine whether he was an ongoing threat to the public. They were allowed to send a representative to a hearing each year and breathed a sigh of relief as after each one the board agreed that he should stay. In 2017, over 30 years on, the Howden's worst fear was realised when a letter came from the Ministry of Justice. Gary Taken, by then 50, to be released from prison within the next month into a hostel approved by the probation service. He would be allowed out from 7am until 11pm daily, with the 11pm curfew to be reviewed monthly. There would also be an exclusion zone, meaning that Taken was forbidden to go near the Howdens' home. The Howdens were devastated and publicly spoke about their fear that Taken would ignore the rules. 
A man who grew up with Tessa and her sister started a petition on Change.org, hoping to get the Justice Secretary's attention. He wrote, Please urgently review this case and overturn the decision to release Gary Taken, a man who has expressed no regret, guilt or responsibility for his actions should not be allowed back into the community, putting more lives at risk. The Howdens lost their fight, and in mid-2017, Gary Taken was released and remains on licence, which means if he re-offends, he will go back to prison. David says that the SAM organisation is what has helped the couple get at least a part of their life back. With everyone involved having experienced very similar things, there is a sense of community that they need. We have happy times. We do laugh again, he said. That's what Sam tries to get across to people, that life can be worth living again. But Tessa will always be with us. She's part of our family and always will be. Sign up now to Crime and Investigation Play, the only dedicated true crime streaming service to watch brand new episodes of the TV show Murder Town. To start your free trial, head to crimeandinvestigation.co.uk forward slash play forward slash Murder Town. Once your free trial ends, you only have to pay the low monthly fee of £3.99 or you can purchase an annual plan for just $39.99. That's 12 months for 10. Again, head to crimeinvestigation.co.uk forward slash play forward slash murder town. UK customers only. T&Cs apply. 18 plus. Subscription required. Payment taken if trial not cancelled. Murder Town is a Crime and Investigation original podcast. Hosted by me, Benjamin Fitton. Written and researched by Anna Priestland. Edited by Joel Porter. Produced by Kim Sargent. And series produced by Sam Pearson. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.